0: JC Jackson versus Keenan Allen, Rashawn Slater versus Khalil Mack. It's fan meal Friday and we're talking about the training camp matchups we're most excited to watch and also discussing just how quickly this new and improved Chargers defense can come together.
1: You are locked on Chargers. Your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers. Part of the Locked
0: On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer, and we've been covering the Chargers together for over six seasons. We're headed into our fifth season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys so much for making us your first listen today, and to make sure you never miss the show, go subscribe to the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms, wherever you get your podcasts from. But it is fan mail Friday, David, and it is also I'm getting married tomorrow so things might be a little bit crazy tonight but we're happy to bring you guys this show today talking about just what this training camp is going to bring and I think we focus on position battles and we'll get more into our final position battles next week offensively and defensively but today we're focusing about the Chargers versus the Chargers and which matchups we're most excited to see there which matchups we're most excited to see when the Cowboys come into town for joint practices And then we'll be getting into if this Chargers defense can be as good as the 2018 defense built around Derwin James. And if this one is better, hint, I think so. We'll also talk about just how quickly this new defense with all the new moving parts can come together, knowing that some of them already have some ties to Brandon Staley. But, David, it is Fame Mail Friday, and we appreciate everyone reaching out and hitting us up at LAC on Twitter. And I want to start here from Darren Wasser, who asks, who wants to see a training game? How will all these new pieces on defense look against the offense in matchups like J.C. Jackson versus Keenan Allen, Khalil Mack versus Rashawn Slater? Dave, we've talked about, you know, guys going up against each other, trying to fight for spots, but who are you most excited to see matchup when the Chargers are going against themselves?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think all of those matchups that were mentioned are, are definitely going to be something I'm going to be paying attention to. But honestly, there's a couple of other ones that I'm going to be paying attention even closer attention to and it's really on the other side of the line I want to see how this new and improved Trey Pipkins who's been in the lab working his tail off trying to get better trying to be a better version of himself looks against Khalil Mack and against Joey Bosa I want to see how he stacks up how how he looks up against them and I think that is really going to tell me where he's at and, you know, what this is going to look like, what this, what this final movie is going to look like for the chargers.
0: Yeah. As much as like Khalil Mack versus Rashawn Slater is going to be a sight to see, it's going to be like Godzilla versus King Kong basically. (laughs) But I think that's, you're going to get more out of, you know, watching those dudes go up against Trey Trey Pipkins. And also, watching those dudes go up against Storm Norton, right, to see yeah. what his progress is like at this point because we know he's in the running and he's the incumbent starter. But there's so many. I mean, I mean, J.C. Jackson versus Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. I think both of those yes. are going to be fun because you know Mike Williams and J.C. Jackson are going to be going up for balls and fighting mid-air fistfights, probably the way those two dudes attack the <laughs> ball when it's in the air. But I do think another one for me, David, that I'm excited to see is just Justin Herbert versus this improved defense. We know he's going yeah. into year two in Joe Lombardi's offense. And we know the Chargers have a bunch of new pieces defensively. So how much is that going to be an iron sharpens iron situation, right? Because last year, we know the defense he was going against in practice during training camp. This year, it's going to be an entirely new challenge. And I think it's going to make him better for it.
1: Oh, it definitely is, and I think it's also going to be better for Brandon Saley, too, just because now, conceivably, right, he has all of the pieces in place that he needs to orchestrate this type of defense that he wants on the football field. He has the guys up front that can stop the run when he's going to run those light boxes. He has so many different defensive backs that he can cycle through the secondary, obviously, you know, with, with his you know, Derwin James with the fantastic Derwin James and Nas Adderley, how he's going to fit in Uh, JT Woods, how he's going to cycle in into this defense, JC Jackson on the outside, Michael, Michael Davis on, on one side, whenever they put him on the football field, there's just so many different pieces to play with. And he gets to see how they all fit and where they're all most productive.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think, it's going to make him better. And, and also just, you know, all of the offense being more on the same page. There's less pieces. That's one nice thing about having a great offense is returning a lot of the starters they had last year that led to one of the best offenses in the NFL, right? Top five basically in every category you're going to look at. That seeing where that picks off picks up and also going up against these new dudes is going to be great. Another low-key matchup, charger on charger. I'm very excited to watch. Zion Johnson versus Sebastian Joseph Day. I can't wait to see what he's all about on the interior of that defensive line. And I can't wait to see how Zion Johnson stacks up against him because that's a very frenetic energetic dude who's going to be throwing a lot of wild stuff at him early on it's going to be a great test for Zion especially early on and to see him you know go up against some Morgan Foxes right maybe Jerry Tillery ties more of the pass rushers on this and a Kyle right.
1: Van Noy versus a Gerald Everett would be another matchup that could be interesting to watch in training or camp Derwin well.
0: James versus Gerald Everett exactly, right? I mean two yes. super freaks at their position because I do think Gerald Everett is more athletic than most tight ends are probably so I'd like to see that matchup too plus both of those dudes when they hit each other, it's going to be like another fist fight, right? That's just what <laughs> they Gerald Everett doesn't want to go down, and Derwin James doesn't want to not let him go down. But yeah. I do think, Dave, we have another great question that goes along with this one. It's from Justin Sherbert on Twitter who asks, which matchups are you guys looking forward to seeing in the Cowboys joint practices? And we've always talked about how much we love the joint practices, going back to the Rams and Keenan Allen, just absolutely spearing that dude and starting <laughs> a brawl. And there's always just an extra level of chippiness at those joint practices and this one has the added layer of hey you just beat us last year in a game that we totally should have won so maybe there's still a little bit of bad blood boiling over there but it is one of the better teams in the nfc david that they get to go up and kind of gauge themselves get that barometer in this offseason and during training camp so when you're looking at that super talented team as well what are the matchups going against them that you're looking forward to
1: First and foremost, I want to say I love the joint practices and I think the players love it, too, especially where it, when it's structured throughout you know, training camp, when they've been when they've been going up against each other every single day. It's right. really nice to go up against someone wearing a different uniform. I think it ratchets up the intensity everyone gets up for that because hey everyone hits a little harder too when it's right not your yeah they're team they're, they're hitting somebody that's not on their team <laughs> so they can go a little bit harder and i think they get better quality work but some of the matchups i'm excited just to see out of these joint practices with the cowboys rashawn slater versus micah parsons keenan yeah. allen and mike williams versus trayvon diggs jc jackson versus cd lamb i mean there's so many really good matchups between these two football teams where they're going to be able to get some really good quality work getting into the season.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it is a nice little tune-up. I think in a lot of ways, especially since the starters play so sparingly during the preseason, it's the closest thing to live action they're going to yeah. get. You think back to last year, right? Derwin James undercutting that route to George Kittle, picking it off, George Kittle getting Demanding one. Demanding to and,
1: go up against George, George Kittle, yeah, too.
0: Picking out that matchup I was love great. It. I know you said Trayvon Diggs versus you know Keenan Al and Mike Williams. I kind of want to see Josh Palmer versus Trayvon Diggs. I like Diggs, that too, right? yeah. Because that's a guy that, I mean, loves to set up routes. And as good as Trayvon Diggs is, he's a guy that can get tricked, right, and give yeah. up some big plays as well. And I think that'll be a nice little stick for Josh Palmer to kind of measure himself up against. And I think the other one for me is, the new Chargers defensive front in a more physical setting going up against a very good Cowboys offensive line. Yes, I think, that's a great you know, one. Mack, Joey Bosa going up against those tackles in the interior more than anything yeah. and how they're going to stack up. Going against a very talented interior offensive line with the Cowboys seeing how much pressure they're getting on Dak Zach Prescott back. And year.
1: those those fellows. yeah. And
0: those boys. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I think that'll be, you know, cause that is kind of the final measuring stick. Cause I mean, if it's anything like last year, we're probably not going to see the starters in the preseason. Yeah. Now that it's down to three yeah. games, now that it's Brandon Staley who's putting such a priority on player health. Players. I just be, don't yeah. think that we're going to see it. But This defense, I'm very, very excited to just watch in general all the matchup the Chargers defense are going to do because it's the first time we're seeing a lot of these dudes. But is this defense surrounded with Derwin James or surrounding Derwin James better than the one that surrounded him in 2018 when the Chargers went 12 and 4? It's a good question, but I think a lot of it has to do with just how quickly this unit can come together, right? But there's not very many things that come together better than coconut brownie chunk puff built bars that are out right now guys for a limited time only make sure you get in on the action i mean you know built bars are known for the flavors i mean it's great to have something that's low calorie low sugar low carb and high on fiber high on protein all the things you're trying to get out of a protein bar that also tastes great because the last thing you want is a protein bar that tastes like a chemical spill and you don't get that with built bar i mean i i pro tip that I just found out because my refrigerator has just been freezing everything that I put into it frozen bill bars are actually really really good and I found out by accident but I'm glad that I did and that's one of the things with Built Barge is getting all of those great flavors, the coconut brownie chunk puff, the s'mores, the banana cream pie, so many great flavors to choose from. And you can even save a little bit of money since you listen to this show. If you go to Bilt.com right now to get in on those coconut brownie chunk puffs, make sure you use the promo code LOCKED15 to save 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Bilt.com. All right, what well, is Fan Mail Friday? So we're going to keep it pushing, but I do need to tell you guys that if you're trying to find out who moves the betting lines the most, you can find out in the NFL at the Lockdown NFL podcast where they're getting into it. And so far, Justin Herbert has not shown up, right? I've seen two, uh, I've seen some pretty low quarterbacks on there. The top 10 is about to come out on Lockdown NFL. He better be pretty high up on that list. Make sure you guys check that out on the Lockdown NFL podcast, wherever you get your podcast from. There's going to be hell to pay if he doesn't show up very high on that list by our own network and bet online making the lines on that. But time to get back into Fan Mail Friday. We had a very interesting question that I had not thought about for sure from Brandon Mitchell on YouTube, and he says, Do you think the talent around Derwin James right now is as good, better, or worse than what he had in his rookie year of 2018, his All-Pro season? Do you think having Melvin Ingram, Joey Bosa for half the season, Denzel Perriman for a short time, Casey Hayward, Desmond Kane, Adrian Phillips rivals the 2022 lineup or not. So, Dave, when you're looking for good defense the Chargers have had in recent memories, it's one of the best ones that you're going to find. I mean, that that is, I mean, the 12-4 and 4 season, the offense and defense were both pretty good. They had a lot of lucky breaks in that season as well, too. But when you're looking at how it stacks up to this team, obviously knowing there's a lot of players we haven't seen play for the Chargers, but just based on what they've been able to do before, which way are you going in that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think I I like the fact that the, that 2018 team was versatile, like the, they were able to kind of use the pieces that they had available to try to get the, the best result that they possibly could. I mean, the best example of that is that Ravens game, that Ravens playoff game where they had to play, you know, more DBs on the football field because they just didn't have enough healthy linebackers to be able to play that type of defense. But it worked out. And I think that's Definitely something that you have to have as a feather in their cap. But if we're talking if we're talking about just pure talent versus talent, I don't think that you can look at this twenty twenty two team and say that that twenty eighteen team had more talent. There's just there's more top end talent on this team. You have J C Jackson, who is one of the best corners in the league. He's a, arguably a, a top ten corner. He's on this twenty twenty two team. They didn't. I mean, as good as Casey Hayward was in that year. J.C. Jackson is a better player than Casey Casey Hayward is. I'm sorry, Khalil Mack versus Melvin Ingram. I'm, I'm I'm taking Khalil Mack every day of the week and twice on Sunday, and I think they have better interior players on this team with Sebastian Joseph Day and Austin Johnson, and also with Kyle Van Noor. I just think the collection of talent that the Chargers have been able to put together for this 2022 squad is much much more explosive and a higher quality of defense than that 2018
0: team yeah I mean I think overall talent wise it's not really that close and even just like the the matchups you said obviously and taking those guys over who they had I'd take this Joey Bosa over that Joey Bosa for sure too right I'd take Nazir Adderley seven days out of the week over Jaleel Adai I would take you know like you said, Sebastian Joseph Day over Brandon Mebane, and Pearman definitely gets the edge over Tranquil or Murray. Yeah. King versus Desmond King versus Bryce Callahan, I think is pretty close. But I'd also rather take Asante Samuel Jr. this year over the 2018 version of Michael Davis too. So you factor that in with the. Also, nine games missed from Denzel Perryman that year. Seven games missed from Joey Bosa that year. I mean, this one, if you're getting moderate health out of these guys, should be much better than that defense was. And that defense was pretty good playing in, you know, Gus Bradley's defense. Obviously, a very different one. Adrian Phillips, though, definitely is missed in this because, yeah, he was that undersized linebacker basically for that team because there were so many linebacker injuries to that unit and that really paid off for him taking the Ravens out and getting that retribution in the playoffs that was a lot of fun to watch but yes. going along those same lines I have another question here from Steven Gilliard on Twitter who asks will the defense execute at the high level we expect we bought most of our defense will they gel together how long will it take the defense to gel As far as what you expect, it's hard to say, right? Because everything's on paper. You still want to see it out there. And it might take a few games for us to really see what this defense is going to be. But at least as far as how they're going to gel, David, it's nice when you get Khalil Mack, who's played with Brandon Staley and Bryce Callahan, right? And Morgan Fox and Sebastian Joseph Day. And the rest of the Chargers defense, like I'm talking about from last year, already kind of went through the growing pains that they had to go through last year. So I do think it might take a second for these dudes to gel and just for them to gel as a cohesive unit. I still think that the familiarity with this defense is at a much higher level than it was last year.
1: Yeah, that familiarity, it, it's just going to curve that learning curve. It's going to make it shorter because they already understand the terminology. They have already played in Brandon Staley's defense. They know Brandon Staley, a lot of these guys. And if they, they don't, they're veteran guys like like Kyle Van Noah who's played a lot of football in this league. He is going to be able to pick up defenses very, very quickly. So I think, yeah, there's a lot of new pieces, a lot of, you know, moving parts here, but the familiarity factor is going to play huge. And I think it's going to lessen, you know, the amount of time that it's gonna take for these guys to go out there and know each other and feel comfortable playing with each other and ultimately going out there and playing their best football.
0: Right, because even if you're familiar with the defense, you still have to get familiar with new players that you're playing yeah. with. Because so much of the secondary is handing off dudes, right? Knowing where your other guys on your team are supposed to be. Yeah, and that ke- chemistry think, is
1: involved there, too.
0: 100%. So even with the familiarity, that's why I'm saying I don't know if it's going to, you know, come together right away as soon as week one. Obviously, the overall talent, I think, will shine right And the cream will end up rising to the crop but it might take a second. You have to be a little bit lenient. But let's not forget, I mean, how bad the defense was. Like, if the Chargers had a top 15 defense last year, they would have easily, easily made the playoffs. So, like, I, I don't know if I'm just going to sit here and say, this is going to be a top five defense. But, like, top half of the league, you know, close to top 10, even without seeing it. I mean, on paper, they're definitely up there. So, let's get to one more here before we get into the last segment. David, this one's from Chris Saiz, who asks. What's more frustrating the Brandon Staley hate that he gets for his first season as a head coach or the hate for Justin Herbert or hate Justin Herbert gets for not making the playoffs. Congratulations on your wedding, Dan. Thank you, Chris. I appreciate that. It's crazy that it's so close, but David, which is more because we know both of those are very, very frustrating.
1: They are. They are frustrating, but the, the latter is so much more frustrating than the hate that Brandon Staley gets. I am sick and tired of people talking about Justin Herbert not yeah. making it to the playoffs like he does it by himself like this is an individual sport like the Los like Angeles we're about Justin golf.
0: Herberts did not make the playoffs <laughs> yeah
1: he, he plays receiver he plays running back he, he plays quarterback he plays offensive line he plays defense he's he does one of their better right? tacklers I he's, mean that's for he's sure he's the only one on the team no he's not He's one of 53 guys. I'm so tired of that narrative. It's ridiculous. They need to retire it. It's the same thing as QB wins are a stat that you need to pay attention to. Stop it with that. Erase that stuff from your consciousness. It has no place in what we are talking about. Stop it.
0: 100%. I mean, that is, I think, the more annoying of the two. But the Staley part of it, I mean, I think the most frustrating part about that is just acknowledging all the times that fourth down went wrong. Without acknowledging all the times that it probably saved them and the wins that it probably got for them, right? I mean, it definitely backfired a couple of times, which it's always going to happen. But the thing is, is like, even in those situations, you don't know if you punt or if you kick that field goal, you're going to end up winning that game anyways, right? You don't know how it would have played out regardless. So I do think that the times that he has done it, obviously outweigh the times it didn't work out for them. I mean, they hit like a 67% clip or something insane last year. So obviously it was way more beneficial than it was costly to them. But I do think that, I mean, overall, Brandon Steele is getting hate, but it's hard to hate a coach too much in one season, right? I mean, like, he gets a few seasons to kind of figure it out. And I do think there's a lot of love out there for both of those dudes. But that specific argument with Justin Herbert, right? Justin Herbert... How much winning has he done? How many times has he been to the playoffs? Like, those arguments are so tired and dumb, and you'd think that we'd be past it, but at the end of the day... It's just ways
1: to discredit his greatness. And I'm sorry, but his play on the field supersedes all of your horrible takes, okay?
0: But the thing is, though, like, at the end of the day quarterbacks are judged by Super Bowls too, right? Like, yeah, and, and And that was the one thing that was always held against Philip Rivers, and he goes down as one of the best players to ever not win a Super Bowl with guys like Dan Marino and right, the guys you don't want to be in the conversation with. And I just think that it, that that part is really, really frustrating, but at the end of the day, I don't think it's something that's going to change anytime soon. And then now the onus gets put on the Chargers to make sure it doesn't happen again and to make sure he has the team around him and the coaches around him to make sure you are capitalizing on – the most prolific star we've ever seen by any quarterback, not just any Chargers quarterback. But we have more great Female Friday questions to get into. Like, what is the biggest need the Chargers will be trying to address next year in the draft, based on how we see things this year? Who is going to make the cut in a very crowded DB room out of a lot of young players? And are we getting too carried away? Which is assuming that Isaiah Spiller is going to come in and be that dude as RB two, but. I would bet on it. And I think if you guys want to bet on it, the place that you go is betonline.net. And if you're having a little bit of Chargers fever right now with training camp on the way, there's a ton of NFL futures. You guys can go check out at betonline.net like Justin Herbert's MVP bid, Joey Bosa and Derwin James and their defensive player of the year chances, and even coach Staley or even the Chargers just record overall in 2022. I'm so excited about it. I've been itching it a little bit at betonline.net and it's the Best place to take your bets because at Bet Online, you're going to get the most innovative, the most creative ways to bet. And I'm always someone that loves prop bets and things like that. They always make it fun. And the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. Find your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Head to Bet Online today to use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today at Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, David. Well, getting back into this here, I want to start with one a question from our friend tier who asked, "I have a very important question. Please, right tackle is very concerning. Do you guys see the team giving at first or a second round pick next year to go get this position fixed? Let me hear your thoughts, please, and thanks." So, Atir, thank you for calling in, <laughs> calling in. Thank you for writing <laughs> in to the fan mail Friday. We do have a voicemail though coming up, but. I mean, I don't know where else you could go with it right now, Dave, because it's not just something that, like, like linebacker is a big need for the Chargers as we see it right now. I mean, Calvin Noy, how much he plays linebacker, we're not sure. Troy Reader, right. you don't feel great about that. Drew Tranquil is in a contract year. Kenneth Murray, yeah. biggest question mark on the team. But you're also not going to be clamoring to take another first-round running back or first-round linebacker again either. I don't think there's any, like, I mean, depending, yeah, I don't, I don't see it being any other position. I think right now you have to think, Next year, you're going to be trying to target a tackle early on in the draft because even Trey Pipkins is in a contract year, right? And the only thing is, you're probably not going to be hopefully picking anywhere near the top 15 or 20, right? So, I mean, that definitely is going to affect whatever value you're getting if you're picking later in that first round.
1: And, and to be clear, just to make sure that, you know, if, if we're not answering the, the question properly. Not misconstruing, they are, sure. Yeah, if we're not misconstruing it, there is no way that they are trading a first or second round pick for a right tackle right now this offseason. I'm sorry. I don't see that happening. There's oh, yeah, no I way. totally
0: read that, wrong. Right? I think you're right. Yeah, go yeah, ahead.
1: Just to make sure, just to make sure if that's the, the, the real question that, we're, that you're asking here, there's no chance. There, and honestly, there's only a handful of right tackles that's even really worth a first-round pick. You know, Ryan Ramchak of the Saints is probably one of them. Lane Johnson of the Eagles is probably another one of them. But there's not many other really, really good right tackles that would move the needle exponentially if the Chargers were out in the market to get one. I think that at this point, they have who they have in the building, and a more likely scenario is them probably shifting over from Matt Filer over to right tackle if the Trey Pipkins or Storm Norton experiments just completely tank.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I I don't see him doing it with Matt Filer at this point. I mean, you have to hope that if it was that dire that they would at least consider it. But nothing that they've done so far has told us that to this point. But yeah, I mean, if you're talking about trading next year's first or second round pick for a current NFL starting right tackle, it would just be tough. And the thing is about offensive linemen specifically is like unless they're about to get paid and the team doesn't want to pay him teams aren't just giving away tackles, right? Like Not that's just a very <laughs> hard thing to trade for. If you are trading for something, I mean, it's hard to say you're going to trade a first or a second round pick because they're so valuable. It's hard to kind of, you know, equal what that value would be, right? Figure out how to make that trade work. Either way though, I mean, I do think if they don't try to trade for a proven player this year, that has to be where they're thinking in the direction of where yeah, they definitely they're definitely should make the draft one for sure. For sure. But let's get to Eden Natoli here who says, congrats on getting married. Thank you. Who makes the final cut in the DB group out of the following? So this is an interesting one, David. We're picking three of them here, okay? Mark Webb, Alohi Gilman, Tavon Campbell, Kaman Hall, Dean Leonard, and Jaseer Taylor. So if you're taking three of those dudes, David, and thinking three of those dudes are going to make it, which three are you picking?
1: Ah, man, that's tough. That's really tough. Well, I I think they're really high on Mark Webb. Uh, They said that Mark Webb was on the verge of playing meaningful snaps for the Chargers last year. So I feel like if he's healthy, I think Mark Webb is definitely going to make this roster this year. I think they had plans for him last year, and I think they still have plans for him this year. I think Tavon Campbell is another guy that's pretty much a lock as well. I mean, he he looks a whole lot more attractive as a CB4 or CB5 than – a CB3 which he was for a lot of last year and honestly with the the, the rookie corners and Kamon Hall it's it's really a toss up i mean yeah. honestly on 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 my 53 man roster prediction that we did a couple of weeks ago for the show i had them keeping both of the rookies and kamon hall not making it but i think it's really going to come down to who performs better in training camp coming up here is going to determine who is going to earn that spot. But if I had to throw a shot in the dark, I'd say it's Jasir Taylor Taylor, because he has a little bit more special teams ability.
0: Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's a great reasoning for it because you are talking about probably CB6 in this case. Yeah, for me, I'm going Mark Webb, I'm going Tavon Campbell, and I'm going Dean Leonard just because I do think he's a guy that projects better on the outside, and I think he has more of the tools if they want to go that direction. But he is also seeming, I mean, Really, come on, Hall and him and Jasir Taylor all seem like guys that could easily stash on the practice squad if they decide to go that way. But those are the three I would go with at this point. Let's get to Bolter Geist here who asked when talking about training camp and what his biggest question is, who is going to step up and make the biggest impact? Either Kenneth Murray, Jerry Tillery, Trey Pipkins, Nazir Adderley, Jalen Guyton, or Josh Palmer. So, David, if you're talking about just picking out of that group, I mean, I think there's probably one obvious one, but who would you go with?
1: I mean, I wanted to be Trey Pipkins. I I mean, I really, really wanted to be Trey Pipkins. That that would be fantastic because if he's able to come in here and replicate the performance that we saw on the two-spot starts last season, then you could feel really, really good about this entire offensive line. And also, you know, as much as we focus so much on the right tackle position, there's not many offensive lines in the NFL. That you can go one to five and feel really good about every single one of them, let sure. alone four of the five, which conceivably the Chargers organization feels really good about four out of the five dudes that they're throwing out there. So, I mean, let's kind of keep some perspective on that a little bit, but I hope that is Trey Pipkins, but my pick. To break out here and to really make the biggest impact is Nazir Adderley. and I'm sticking with it as a guy that I've talked about before, but I really feel like he is on the cusp of putting it together, and with the collection of talent that is around him, in front of him, and on both sides of him, I think he is in prime position to really break out and really put it all together.
0: Yeah, and to make an impact. I think the thing that hurts someone like you know Jalen Guy and Josh Palmer is that they're going up against each other, right? And and yeah, I think this time. question is, you know, kind of wondering, I mean, who will make the biggest impact? Yeah, I mean, if Trey Pipkins is your starting right tackle all season, that's going to have a big impact either negatively or, uh, you know, positively. I mean, yes, it could go either way. Impacts can work that way. But, yeah, I mean, I think it's Nazir Adderley just because the two wide receivers are going up against each other. If Jalen Guyton was out of the picture and Josh Bauer, we knew, was stepping into a full workload as wide receiver three, Maybe you go that direction, but I think it's easy to pick Nazir Adderoy out of that group that you listed out there. But we do have one more, and we have a voicemail for the first time in a while from Brent talking about Isaiah Spiller and maybe slowing down the Spiller hype trail. Let's hear what he has for us.
1: Hey, my name is Brent. You guys are great. I love your show. Hey, I, my question is, am I the only one who's worried at all about Isaiah Spiller, a somewhat slow-plotting kid out of uh, A&M? Had fumble problems at a I don't know. I'm not sold. Bring back Justin Jackson.
0: All right. Well, straight into the point, and I love that in a voicemail. But, David, I mean, I guess I understand the logic here because the thing is, is like you've had two running backs to get excited about, right, the last two seasons with Larry Ramtree and Josh Kelly. Both of them have come in and underwhelmed, right? I mean, Josh Kelly got basically benched his first season after some fumbles. Larry Roundtree averaged about two yards per carry in his rookie season and like 15 yards per carry as a kick returner. Couldn't bring any value there either. And then now you have another guy picked in the middle rounds, right? I think he was pretty like consensusly thought of as the third best running back in this class, but how many good running backs come out of each draft class, right? You're only getting so many good high level starters out of any one draft class, unless it's some prodigious kind of class, but do you think that we're getting a little too carried away, just assuming that this is the dude that's going to come in and be the Chargers' answer at RB two?
1: I mean, I, th- I think we're optimistic. I think we're hopeful, right? I think we might be- maybe a little bit uh, overly optimistic at this point, just because we haven't seen Isaiah Spiller do anything. You know, he is a higher draft pick, though. You know, he's you know a guy they picked in the fo- in the fourth round. I mean, so is Josh, Josh Kelly, Kelly. yeah. yeah. Um, Also, I just think it's just some of the things that I look at, the skill set coming out to me looks a little bit more complete with Isaiah Spiller as compared to Josh Kelly and Larry Roundtree. I just think the contact balance is something that's really big for me, a guy that I feel really comfortable with running in between the tackles a guy that is already pretty advanced as a a pass protector as well. I like a lot of the things that Isaiah Isaiah Spiller brings to the table. Yeah, the fumbles are a little bit concerning, but I think that is something that can be coached up at the NFL level. And let's also remember, Daniel, we don't need Isaiah Spiller to be Superman. We don't. We need him to be Robin to the Batman, which, of course, is Austin Neckler.
0: Yeah, and that's a great way of putting it. And I think that – I mean, I'm, I'm higher on Isaiah Spiller than I was out of either of Josh Kelly, which surprised me and seemed like a reach even at the time. And Larry Roundtree, who was a six-round pick, right? Didn't think it would be that bad. But, I mean, I do think there's a, a genuine concern and, I mean, a real concern about his athleticism. That's one of the reasons he wasn't the third running back taken in this year's draft and what made him slip to the fourth round. And I mean, the fumbles are always going to be a concern, and you're going to learn very quickly in the NFL. If you fumble, you're going to start losing snaps pretty much immediately, right? So that's going to be it. But yeah, I mean, I think what makes me feel better about it, contact balance, like you're saying, right? Over 1,200 yards the last two seasons in the SEC after contact he rushed for. And also, I just don't think he gets enough credit for making people miss and always going forward. 100 forced missed tackles, according to PFF his last two seasons in college. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you, Hey, he's a future. RB one is going to be a great starter in this league. Do I think he can do enough? Absolutely. And the other part of it is just the bar that's being set. The guy he's going against, I think he'll secure the RB two spot, but just (laughs) because you, you know, secure that RB two spot with this group of running backs, doesn't mean you're going to have a lot of success against NFL defenses that you still have to wait and see. And we're in favor of bringing back Justin Jackson. That's the other thing you, I mean, if one, two, three, is Eckler, Justin Jackson, Isaiah Spiller. I'm 100% cool on time taking me that up. flyer because I yep. don't think anybody's going to be clamoring to get Larry Roundtree at this point in his career off of the Chargers practice squad. So I think you can pretty much stash him there. But that's going to do it for today's show. Next time you guys see me, I'm going to have a ring on this finger. I'm so excited. Me and David are going to see each other on Saturday for my wedding. I'm excited yes. about that too. And David very, will be at training camp guys. next Wednesday, July 27th, when training camp opens up to the public. So make sure you check him out down there. I might not even, I might even make an appearance. I'm not sure yet. But hey. we will be talking training camp next week. But we'll be back with you guys next Tuesday. I have to take an extra day off for my wedding. I'm sorry, but we'll be back next Tuesday and then going five days a week. From there on out through the rest of the season. So, thank you guys for checking it out. If you guys want to get in on the next fan Mail Friday, make sure to hit us up at Locked On LAC on Twitter or calling into the Locked On Chargers voicemail line at 323 524 7924 to get your voicemails on the show. And to make sure you never miss the show, go subscribe to the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free wherever you get your podcast from, whether that's Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And make sure to leave us a rate and review if you like the show as well. We always appreciate that. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Talk Sports and David Drogenmeyer, whose DMs are always open at DroTalkSD. And we also post the show every day to all of our social media at Lockdown Chargers on Instagram, on our Lockdown Chargers Facebook page. I'm still waiting for David to make the Lockdown Chargers TikTok, but we will be back with you guys next week with training camp battles, with training camp reports from David Drogemeyer. But until then, take it easy and go, Bolts.